You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Drive after the takeaway and the interception. Wide open and into the end zone is Dolman Jr. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Hey, Grandpa, I was playing uh, 2020 bingo and all the things that horrible things can happen this year. And Hurricane just came up on my bingo card. So add that to all the fun things we've been dealing with this year. You know, as we, we're doing this show with flickering lights. You know, it's it recording on a Monday night, but the first bands are coming through New York. So this may be a very, very short podcast or unfortunately a few people ultimately too long. Maybe a day late. Who knows? Um... <laughs> Yeah, We've been we're, a dollar we're, short a long time. So yeah, we're, might as well be a daily. We're, we're operating from the front lines. The uh, the the all those clips of you know the weather guys like wearing a, <laughs> a, a tarp basically as it's getting basically ripped off of them by the wind. That's us right now. So you're well, welcome. I can say grump. All I can say grump is not all heroes wear capes. Yeah. Okay, you're <laughs> you're, you're a real American hero. Yeah, we're we're wearing those like twenty dollar Giants issued pieces of plastic that they 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 sell on game day in a in a storm That's well actually i have one on. of my uh i have one of my opening day little towels they give you to wave around you know as you're losing to dallas 34 <laughs> three wendy's ad on it Exactly, a huge Wend- wendy's ad with a tiny little ny logo in the corner that's that's what i'm keeping myself uh dry this uh hurricane season so boy th- this is this is as far off topic as it gets but i have um, my two all-in towels from the 2011 season, and um, and you know I I I love that because they're they're two they they were such two great games to be at and experience was that that week 17 game against the Cowboys to enter the playoffs and then that first ever only ever playoff game at MetLife Stadium against the the Falcons where we absolutely trounced them. Um, yeah. And the the lowest point that I can remember for this this Giants franchise, where it was just evident that it was going off the rails, was it was like week sixteen or, or something in like twenty seventeen or twenty sixteen. I don't remember what year, but in, in bad shape, um, you know, losing season. We got to our seats. They're not even handing out the towels at the gate anymore. The towels are stuffed into the cup holders already. Just like just. Take it, and it's got a Wendy's ad on it and a coupon. Oof, oof. I was—I don't even want this shit. <laughs> well, the thing is, Grump and I are so cheap that yeah, we gladly did eat those Wendy's burgers. You need something to pick you up after a depressing game like that. What about a hot and juicy? Of course. Yeah, I don't need to hear about your hot and juicy experiences, especially not on this podcast. We're not that far into pandemic, hurricane. You know, the end of the world situation. You have to hear about that. So maybe in uh, no, but we, maybe in October. <laughs> but we are entering the most exciting time of year, um, and that is training camp. Oh, I thought um, we. I thought you said when they announced that the uh, season will be postponed to next year. Oof! What's that? Is that is the least exciting? Um, but no, this is this is the time where where everyone gets to see. Um, you know, team released videos of guys catching passes, and, and you have sixteen and zero aspirations. I love. I honestly, this is this is the highest <laughs> we've been. 
at this point every year, this is the highest I feel. Well, there was that time we had that wacky uh, cookies, but that was something else too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, it, this this is a good feeling, right? You start to see the guys that you were waiting to come in, guys returning from injury that look good. You know, guys you expect to make a jump from first year to second year. You know, new rookies coming coming out of the draft class. Uh, it's exciting. It's it's fun to look at. You know, and, and wonder what the season's going to hold. I normally agree with you. You know, I love when you start watching like those first, you know, three or four days of camp when you like you're flipping around ESPN or NFL Network and you see the guys getting in and it's, you know, wherever they are, it's a thousand degrees and you know it's just like, all right, the grind is starting. And I mean, grind in a happy way. Like, but let's do a real quick temperature check, though. I mean, if a normal season, you know. You feel like a 10 because training camp is starting. How do you feel right now in 2020 that training camp is starting? Well, it's twofold. So there's the initial feeling I see when I'm seeing sports. I'm I'm seeing it happen, right? Like I am seeing the videos of Daniel Jones throw passes and, and, and guys, you know, working out, whatever. There's that initial elated 10. And then as I scroll through Twitter to the next tweet of six more players have opted out, Doug Peterson has tested positive. That ten sinks to about a one. Yeah, this is kind of like the we are we are, you know, two and fourteen. So there it is. I mean, I, if you follow me on Twitter at the Cranky Fan, you've seen my temper tantrums this weekend about the Rays getting swept. But you know, it's like I'm watching a particular game and I'm happy, but I really know deep down that all this is going to end very soon, and it's just kind of uh, you know the long term aspiration. So I guess. Yeah, it's great to see footage and great to hear about camp news. I mean, as little as we're going to get, but I don't know. I'm kind of feeling the inevitable is only going to happen. You know, they're they're taking the Band-Aid off one hair at a time instead of ripping it off. (laughs) I really, I really, I I think think I've conditioned myself for the last three, four months that this is not going to happen. So, you know. Well, I mean, then you can only receive good news at that point. That's true. What you expect That's true. Or, or oh, it's, it's... I, I don't even have really a sense of disappointment or anger. I'm, I'm past all that. Right? I'm just kind of like, well, don't tease us. You know, it's, I mean, very seriously, it's like I think about how sports have taken two different paths during this whole thing. There's the bubble concept and there's the, you know, open concept and we're seeing range yeah and we're seeing how the bubble ones you know soccer the nba the wmba how hockey hockey has done a fantastic job with this and they are you know they're going to play out there you know soccer had a little bit of issues to get started but you know basketball and hockey and wmba are just breezing along and they're going to get their their seasons in and it's you know after you're stopped reminded every 10 seconds there's nobody in the stands and it's fake noise. It it all seems normal now and, you know, yeah. good for them. But, you know, the sports where it may not be as logistically possible, like, you know, football, college football, baseball, anybody who doesn't want to have everything on campus in one location, it's just, it's just a matter of time. And, you know, I know that numbers are getting better in some places, but they're going to get worse than others. And we're getting closer and closer to the fall. And, uh, I don't know. It's just it's good to see the information, to hear what's happening. That any rep Daniel Jones can get, even if it's like has to be stopped for a few months, it's not you know it's like an OTA almost. You know, it never hurts you to have these things happen. So, um, you know, 
we're going to put my best face on with this on with the show and everything, get ready for the season. But in my mind, unless something surprising happens, it's not happening. And I hope I'm wrong, but. Um, yeah, uh, we, we are, we, we, we've thrown on the sweater and we're watching the threads come off of it a little bit at a time. <laughs> that's, um, that's a new one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, it, it just, yeah, I, I, we'll see, right? Like it, it's, we can hope, um, I, I certainly hope that the season works out in a, in a way that's manageable, um, well, let's, but, let's be optimist for a second. What signs are we seeing that's giving us more hope that they can at least pull part of this off? Is there anything you've seen that's like, you know, oh, maybe they can they can work around this or they, 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 it sounds like they found something that can work to make this happen. Is there really anything? No, because, I mean, all like you said, all of the sports that are thriving right now, hockey, basketball, soccer. I mean, they've all done this bubble concept. Hockey, I think, has had no new positive cases. That came out today. Um, they've had no new ones as of today. Yeah, which is which is incredible. Um, but also, of course, why would they? I mean, we knew it would be a low number because of what we know about how to control communicable right. disease and, and things like that. Right. Um, with this, you know, this is, this is different. And um, it's... <laughs> You know, it's going to come down to – I'm sure people like watching shows like Hard Knocks, Last Chance You, stuff like that. Um, and you know that it doesn't even matter how good of a coach, how tight of a ship they run. It takes one fuck. It takes one fringe roster guy who thinks that the rules don't apply to him, you know, to to, to break curfew, to break bubble, to whatever, you know? And and infect the whole team. You know, it's it seems like that. I mean, I, I guess the most encouraging thing I did read today is that the New Orleans Saints are creating a mini bubble of their own, where they have rented out like an entire hotel for their training camp purposes. Right. There would be no outside guests. I mean, that's that's a team taking initiative, one franchise doing what they think they need to do in order to, um, you know, keep things under control. Etc. Um, again, I don't know that it's enough. And when you leave it up to individual franchises to set the rules, you know, it's it's the same as governors in some states thinking that they don't need to control anything. Well, and the less see the results later. I mean, we're not going to get political here, but you see when things the the further and further you get from centralized management and coordination of things, the more chaos you get, and uh, you know. That's why we have all these problems right now with college football, you know, and the NCAA is really a loose confederation of conferences and, and schools. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there's complete anarchy of how this is going to be handled in some, you know, you have all different standards being applied to different, what a big school, small school, big conference, small conference, independence, not independence, different parts of the country to other ones. So it's, uh, I don't know. Um, you know, I, so far, nothing has shown to me like there's a trend going in the right direction. You're not seeing the big names in the sport saying things like we're going to do everything we can to play. You know, we're seeing, you know, the rumors like I think OBJ had something that he had to, you know, dispel a rumor that he was opting out. I mean, when there's smoke, there's fire. And I think the trend is that more of these guys are going to think about it and 
you know, go to the opt-out. And I think that's probably something we should talk about is the opt-out because it's infected the Giants and it's going to impact a lot of decisions going forward. Yeah, you're right. Um, so over 40 players have already opted out, um, one of which was a Giant player, and that is Nate Solder. There was some speculation that he would be one of them because um, he had had a previous battle with cancer and his son is currently undergoing, you know, I mean, it's been widely reported, right? So it, it, it was, it was. I don't want to say expected, but I mean, if, if anyone were to guess, you know, if there's going to be one player from the Giants who's going to opt out, who's it going to be? I, I think most people would think it'd be Nate Solder. Right. Um, and, and, you know, totally understandable. Uh, you know, we get it. Guy's thinking about more than just football. He's thinking about his family, and it's probably a very smart decision. I'm sure he could probably isolate himself from his family for six months if he needed to and keep his family safe, but who who should do that, right? Um, that said, I mean, this is bad news bears for the Giants. I mean, it's a team that is transitioning away from guys like Nate Solder, you know, but it's a transition. He is not supposed to not be a part of the puzzle this year. I mean, you have a brand new tackle, Entering the offensive line, you're 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 thinking he will be the left tackle of the future, but the future is the future. The future is not now. Um, and you know, besides that, we were talking about the, we finally felt like this team had gotten some decent depth on the offensive line, and one of those pieces is now gone. So now your depth is moving up to your starting, and now you have no depth behind your starting. And it, it's this is this is bad. I mean, wh- whether his play was good, bad, ugly, in the middle, above average, below average, or terrible, it's 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 not important. Uh, this 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 is bad news. Sure, and we'll get back for a second. Again, I think anybody anybody who criticizes a player for opting out without being in their shoes and, you know, is crazy. I, I really, I, I would, you know what I will say, I haven't seen a whole lot of that from, you know, I, I expected that I expected to see a bunch of people complaining that their favorite player wasn't playing. And I haven't seen a whole lot. And that's of that, good. I mean, good. I think for the most part, I mean, you know, your lunatic fringe is going to bitch and moan about that stuff. And, you know, if you are, don't even listen to the show anymore. But uh, yeah, I mean, you have, Think of your own, you know, comfort level for things, you know, you know, whether you would go into a subway or not into a subway, go to a, a house party or, you know, with people with masks or not a mask, would you go into a supermarket? I mean, these are decisions these guys have to make as well. And, you know, they may have, you know, a lot of scientific knowledge and really been reading up, or maybe they're just people who watch cable news all day and don't know the facts and things uh, just because they are great athletes. They are very much in demand for their skill and they make a lot of money. Doesn't mean they know what is best or, you know, have different emotions than you do. So, so let's, let's start off with, you know, if that's his decision, that's fine. And we accept it and we move on. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody who thought that Nate soldier was like the biggest problem the giants have ever had, and it's going to hamstring this team for years. And, you know, that's simply not true. It's the opposite. You know, we, we, you know, the decision to have Andrew Thomas be at left tackle or right tackle is a very, you know, it's going to be a question that everybody's been talking about in the offseason and people will be divided on it, but it's options. And now all of a sudden you don't have options. Now he's going to have to, I would say 99% chance will be starting left tackle right now. And in the long term, will that be good? Yeah, maybe. 
you know, does it impact this season? Absolutely. You know, uh, is it going to impact his uh, initial growth and development? Well, in a year, it's been fucked up as bad as it has been for all of these rookies. You know, can't get any worse. You know, we'll have to, it remains to be seen. But uh, not having, you know, for an offensive line that wasn't very good, that, you know, was still kind of gelling and, you know, with a whole new offense and all these different things and having, you know, one of your tackles gone. That's a major problem. And it's not like they grow on trees because guess what? That's why you paid so much for him to start with because they don't grow on trees. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of people saying like, well, this probably solidifies Andrew Thomas as a left tackle. You're probably right, but I don't think that it changes the way Joe Judge was going to approach this. And that was he's coming here and there is a lot of toss up, right? I mean, you have your last year starting right tackle is out. Um, you have a guy who did not perform very well at left tackle last year, but does have right tackle experience. You have a new draft pick who played left tackle for three years at Georgia at a very high level, but also played one year at right tackle at a high level at Georgia. Um, you just drafted a guy, Matt Parrott. You you have all these options at center, none of which are great. You just extended Nick Gates, which we didn't we didn't talk about, but Nick Gates got a two year contract extension. So the, you know the organization is very high on him. He's versatile, can probably play center, maybe definitely is in the mix at right tackle. You went out and you signed Mark, you know, um, Cam Fleming. Uh, so here here's here's what I imagine Joe Judge, um, Jason Garrett. Uh, Colombo, what their approach to the offensive line was going to be, play people. Play people everywhere. Figure out what your best combination of five is going to be. And I think that that was going to be the plan with Nate Solder or without Nate Solder. So I, I don't think it changes the approach to assembling this year's offensive line. Is Andrew Thomas the left tackle in 2021? I sure hope so. That was definitely the idea of picking a guy like him as four. <laughs> I'd say so. Um, but... But, I mean, all these other pieces, you draft Shane Lemieux, a left guard, in the fifth round. He took some snaps at center. That's cool. Hopefully he can become a center. We don't know. Maybe he's just depth. You know, the only way you know these things is if you just mix and match and see how quickly guys learn new techniques, new positions, and you know things like that. So I think that was always the plan. Find your best combo of five and work from there. Well, let's be honest, too. I mean, even before COVID hit, this whole new coaching staff was brought in to revamp this team and basically start over again. The goal was never, well, what are we going to do in 2020? I mean, obviously there's a 2020 season you have to play, but the decisions that were being made were not focused first on um, 2020. 2020 yes. Exactly. There were, how are we going to build a core and install philosophies, you know, uh, schemes, you know, a, a, a new culture to this team. So, you know, in that respect, you know, maybe this kind of helps that process a little bit because Nate Solder is not someone who's been with this team for the future. You know, in, in a certain sense, I think that's true. But right, right. So it's not the end of the world that you know, from a, from a long term perspective, it's not the end of the world for this team that he's gone. Right for for the twenty twenty season, it's not good news. Of course not. Right, but then now that we're getting into you know. Is the season even going to start on time? Is it even going to be 16 games? Is it going to, you know, this is such a, this is going to be such a wonky season. It's like survival is going to be the most important thing, you know, getting as many, and getting as many games as they can is, is, that's mission critical right now. 
So I, I think that, uh, you know, we'd love to have him play. You know, definitely, you know, it, it, it's a, the most important uh, position group on the scene that needed upgrading was the offensive line and losing a starter really hurts. But, uh, you know, what is what will the impact be, though, for next year with the salary cap with him? And is, he, is it a... A pause it's, in the contract, or what happened? Yeah, it's it's very confusing. Um, so his, his yeah, it, it's it's essentially a pause. There's cap savings. Um, so whatever, not whatever. It's not the full contract. It's like minus the roster bonus, the signing bonus, etc. That stuff is paid. Some of it was paid already, like back in like March or something like that. But um, it gets ro- it, It's a cap savings this year. The payout happens next year, but what the Giants can do is they can essentially, instead of spending that cap this year, they can roll it into next year, so it essentially cancels out. Okay, so if you know you were thinking that he's going to fall off the books after, I think it was after this year, or he had one more year after yeah. this year. Yeah, I, th- I think people expected this to be his last year. Right. So the question becomes if they decide to cut him after the in between the twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one season, then there's more on the cap than there would have been. It's it's very fluid, and all of this is kind of being interpreted on the fly. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, this is this is, you know, it's an unprecedented situation. So. Yeah. So, in the long term, this kind of screws the organization a little bit because if they wanted to just cut bait, it's going to be more costly next year. I mean, unless they take the dollar for dollar savings of this year and don't apply it, but they probably won't. So, I mean, there's other needs on the team to address as well. Right. So so the way it works is that there's also – so the, the contract will freeze and roll over to the future and, and players will be eligible for a cash advance uh, stipend of 150K or 350K depending on how their opt-out is deemed. And there's a voluntary opt-out and I, I'm not, I don't know who the arbiter is on this to be honest with you. But somehow they're designated either an a voluntary opt-out or a high risk. And I believe Nate Solder, because of the issue with his son and, and his prior health issues, um, he is considered high risk, so he gets the 350K buyout. Now, why is that important? It's not for the Giants. However, um, this um, deadline to opt-out or into the season was supposed to be what like a week or something from the CBA signing and the NFL now after over 40 opt-outs is trying to move it up because they feel that this workout that was made between the NFLPA and the NFL um, is not being used in good faith by all players they think that some players who are fringe roster players are taking the cash now when they wouldn't have even been on the team next year. Of course, they would have to pay that back next year, but then it becomes a whole case of chasing after them, I, I guess, is is a problem for some franchises. Um, and, and I don't expect the Giants to be one of them, even if this were to happen to a fringe roster player. Um, and then the other thing is uh, they're seeing... I, it's being reported. I don't know. This sounds like it's being whispered through the cracks that it really is happening, uh, but that agents are, are using it as leverage for guys who want contract extensions. Um, I would assume that it's for high-profile guys who are going to garner interest no matter what. You're, you're I, I don't know, um, who, who's a guy who's like about to hit a big payday um, 
because he's you know on his rookie deal still. I don't know. Dak Prescott is who comes to mind first, but the, I'm sure there's better talent than that. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, you know what I mean. A guy, a guy like a defensive end or, or, or something that that the moment he hits the market, he's going to be the highest paid DE. You know, at the time, you know, guys right. like that who are trying to stay with their same team, they're looking for a a new contract now rather than hit free agency. They are using the opt out. It's being reported. I don't. Yeah, I, don't know I mean, I, there, there's a lot to unpack with all everything you just said. Um, yeah. The first thing, let's get back to the fringe guys. That is just another example of why everybody hates Roger Goodell and why the players' uh, association hates the league. I mean, just the optics of it are incredibly bad from the owner's side for something like this. I mean, we're talking about guys that are making $150,000 and the exact opposite thing what the NFL should be doing is what they want to do. What they should be doing is wait, give these guys as much time as they need to make the right decision that's best for them and their families. Instead, they're forcing them to make the decision earlier when not all the information is there. You know, in six weeks from now, you know, when the season's supposed to start, you know, places may that are, you know, they may have lower, you know, cases right now and lower hospitalizations in areas and, and things might be getting better where they are. Um, we, we, we don't know anything yet, you know, what's going to happen in six months from now. And I think, you know, in the interest of just, you know, basically saving a penny and in relative terms, that's what we're talking about with the NFL, you know, finances and how much revenue they make and, you know, what the expenses are. It's their pennies, what these guys are making. Uh, it just seems like a way they're trying to, you know, put the hammer on on the guys that you know really their careers and their life you know money they're making really impacts their lives so i think it's incredibly lame um as to the second part with the players opting out you know trying to get into free agency earlier and stuff to me it doesn't make any sense because first of all if you're not playing for a year plus you know a you're losing a lot of money that you'd be making now you know Money is money. A career is only so long. And even though a guy's going to sign his lucrative payday, which might be like for five years and, I don't know, $60 million, unless you are the extreme best of the best of the best, that's not, not all going to be guaranteed. And most likely, at some point in that, that contract, you will be a casualty. You'll be a cap casualty, and you're not going to get all that money anyway. And then you've lost that big contract. You've lost that year. You should be making money for this year. So I really don't think that I don't think that guys are going to be doing that. And also, you know, I, I, I think if you're doing that purely for contract, you pretty much have severed your relationship with your current team. And, you know, something if owners or uh, if agents are kind of being accused and there's evidence that they're using this type of special circumstance to leverage for their own interests, you'll see how fast they are in hot water with the league and how they're frozen out and everything too. So I, I don't think that players are going to be using that for their own financial gain as much as you know the league or, or people think they're going to do it because it's just the negatives so far outweigh the positives. I mean, I, I know virtually nothing that goes on as communications between agents and, and front offices and things like that. You know, so I don't know how shisty they get. I don't know how contentious they get because at the end of the day, it's also business. You know what I mean? That that agent has to represent 
X more players, sometimes at the same free, it's the same front office later. Yeah. And that's where relationships come in, where if you are, you know, a square player in this, you know, We've seen it in all of these sports. We see it in basketball all the time where somebody gets signed by a team. It's almost like a favor to get somebody else to sign. And, you know, it's not every every deal with every player and every contract is not in a vacuum and in a bubble of itself. You know, it, again, it's all about relationships. And, you know, the, the, the fastest way to lose a relationship, the fastest way to, you know, is, is to be shady or, you know, not act in good faith. And I think to take advantage of this situation again is act not acting in good faith. And I don't think anybody's going to want to really jeopardize their standing in the league and their relationships with the league. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm not super worried about either of those scenarios happening too much with the giants. Should we be prepared for more opt outs from the Giants squad? Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I think you might see some instances like even after that opt-out date, I think you're going to see people just up and leave. They're like, I, I think if this so keeps... Jonas Cespedes? Something like that. I mean, that was a little different because they didn't have the same rules in place. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, if let's say there's a breakout in a team, you know, and, you know, four or five guys get it and someone's going to be like, fuck this. And they're just going to up and leave. So just because there's a a manufactured opt-out date per the league, that doesn't mean that people are just not going to want to play anymore. And you're, start, and you're starting to see organization of players not wanting to do this. I saw over the weekend the Pac-12, um, a bunch of prominent you know, athletes have signed a thing saying, basically, we need the, big, the Pac-12 to you know, meet our demands for X, Y, and Z before we're not playing. And, you know, this is, we've proven this time and time again, the NFL, that, you know, people, they root for the uniform, they root for the colors, but to a certain point, because when there were scabs in the 80s and replacement players, nobody cared. And, you know, part of that's because, you know, obviously you don't want to support, you know, replacement, you know, scabs for a strike in a union and all that, but still, no one cares. It's so it's don't the NFL is very arrogant and they think that whatever they do, it doesn't matter that the NFL fuck you. But, uh, you know, this is something you have to be very careful about. And I think these players know that. And I think they know that, uh, either the working conditions have to be great for them and, you know, they feel safe or they're just, they're not going to play. You know, they're just, at some point people do value their lives and their families over money. Now, we may not be well, there yet. I mean, but. Th- th- just just consider what this job is. Um, because, you know, we often see, and again, I, I'm glad I haven't seen any of this uh, in, in regards to people calling out players for, for opting out. But, you know, we see a lot of, you know, go, go do your job. Go work. You know what I mean? This is your job. You should be working you know, I'm working, you work. The difference is, um, you know, their their entire lives are built around their body. Everything they've done since, you know, Pop Warner days for most of them has been about 
conditioning, learning, training, getting bigger, getting stronger, getting faster. Nutrition. Yeah. yeah. Everything that goes into their body, it's the most important thing they have. It, it, for a lot of these guys, it's their only marketable skill. Um, there is not and, a whole lot of backup and, plan. And that's point. not a like, knock on them. I mean, that's no, not that, at all. Not fact. at all. What I mean, I'm saying is, it's it's very precious. It's like it, it's it's like the construction worker. You know, the guy. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, the he guy. He can't do his job without an arm because you know what I mean. Like. It, it's it's their most important thing, you know. For me, if I were to be paralyzed for the rest of my life, I could still do this podcast just fine. <laughs> in fact, a lot you of know, people, that's in fine. Fact, a lot of people think that we are paralyzed when we're doing this from the neck up. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, my my real nine to five job, I I've been doing from home since this all started. I'm, I'm just as effective at it from he, from here. Uh, you know, most things considered, uh, I. I the rules don't apply to me the same way. Yeah, I am not you're, at risk in in the same way where I will lose my entire livelihood. Everything that I've worked to achieve is not at risk if I get this disease. Yeah, and it's not. And one of the biggest misnomers out there is, oh well, you know, on the field they're doing this. No, the biggest chance they have for catching the disease is not in between the lines and playing. It's oh, not at all. It's, no, it, no, it, no, it's no. dealing with, you know, all the support staff. It's dealing with, you know, if they, they're not playing in a bubble, you know, they may fly charter, but they're still dealing with different people in different parts of the country and people there, you know, everybody, airplane, everybody, they come know, the, in contact. The airplane staff, everything, everything, the luggage handlers for the, you know, everything, right. right. Every, everything. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there is risk. They have much more risk than you do. And yeah, and, and again, don't look at it as just the game. It's not the game that's the problem. It's everything else that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, is there anyone in particular on the Giants you would expect to opt out? Or you're not you're not eyeing any particular people, are you? No, I mean, uh, I mean, if I went through the roster and I saw who had little kids or, you know, wives that were expecting or things like that, I'd put them in the list. But I mean, just you know. From a personality standpoint or something, uh, nothing really comes to mind. I think this is everybody's, you know, everybody's been dealing with this in March in their own way. And I don't know how they respond. You know, we, we know these guys, what they do on the field. And we know them from their little sound bites, but we don't know them. We don't, we don't know what their, you know, idiosyncrasies are, what their tolerance level to fear is or, you know, anything. So uh, no, no, nobody would surprise me if they decide to opt out, whether they're, you know, Daniel Jones or, you know, the 80th man on the roster. So it's the only thing we can hope for is fans of this league is that, you know, something doesn't happen with the team where it becomes a hot spot and multiple, multiple people have test positive and not just players, support staff, coaching staff. You know, uh, we saw in Philly, they had to shut the stadium down for the Phillies because Stadium support staff became a hot spot. I mean, just they they don't play; they're not players. But you know, that impacts all this other stuff. So, you know, knock on wood, it hasn't happened yet with the Giants or really any other NFL team to a large extent. But uh, that doesn't mean that we can wake up tomorrow morning and all of a sudden the league shut down. True. One one final question about this is that: Do you think what the NFL will do will hinge upon? how big the star is that either A, opts out or B, 
gets corona and C gets sick because of it? Like, is it a big deal if Nick Gates has it as opposed to Tom Brady getting it? Like, will that make as far as changing policy and making decisions faster for the league? Uh, I think that factors in, but I think it's an overall thing. I think it's a high number thing. I think it's an outbreak thing. You know, if if Tom Brady reports to camp positive, you know that it, it's all optics with the league, right? You right. Know, that's that's why they don't like their players and the national media wanted for murder or, or you know whatever. Well, nobody wants right. that. <laughs> but, but but you get the point. Like you know, when when the Ray Rice thing happened initially, there was. You know, some level of national backlash, but once the videotape came out and is being played on the news, then it's a whole other story. It's, it's even and a it, smaller it, scale than that. It's like they don't want the players putting messages on their shoes and things like that, too. Yeah, exactly. It's all optics with the NFL. So, yes, um, a, a name that my mother recognizes getting COVID is is more detrimental to their effort to you know play despite COVID-19 than say Nick Gates. However, I think it's one of those things where it's either an outbreak where a whole team is have have, you know, 16, 17 players on one team, you know, even even 10. Once you get to double digit numbers, that's that's a really bad sign or just an overall number throughout the league. Um those are the things that are going to shake up. And there there are things that are going to happen quickly. It's going to be within the span of 2 days that you'll you'll hear Four players tested positive in Tampa Bay, and then eight more players have tested positive to a total out to twelve. You know, it, it's going to be a two-day thing, and then it, you know, decisions are going to have to be made. It's not going to be a cumulative like adding up day after day after day. It's it's going to happen fast. Well, you know, the NFL has the advantage; they're behind every other league as far as when they're starting up. And the first test of the NBA of Major League Baseball was this past week because we thought we thought Tuesday that the league would be shut down by, by the weekend, you know, because you know, the Marlins had it, the Phillies started getting it, the Cardinals. And guess what? We're now seven days from that and they're still playing. So you might see more resiliency than, you know, remember when this whole thing started in March, when Rudy Gobert tested positive, they shut the league down immediately. Now, obviously we know a lot more, than we did, you know, back then. But also, hospitals are not as not nearly as crowded as they were, et cetera. So. Right, right, right. And also, I think the fear and unknown was much bigger than now. So, oh sure, yeah. I, I think that ultimately we're going to get to not playing, but I don't think decisions are going to be made that fast to pull the plug. I think they're going to really, again, each hair off the band aid for this thing yeah. until it becomes, you know, pointless anymore to keep moving forward. Baseball is. Not quite there yet. I mean, they, you know, a couple of teams have had a, you know, pause their seasons for a while. They can make those up with double headers. It's not going to, you know, jack up the whole schedule. But, you know, if two teams become five teams, then decisions have to be made. So don't expect whenever you hear news about this to, for decisions to happen that, that quickly. No, no, no. Decisions won't happen that quickly. No. Um, in, in non-COVID news, back to training camp for the Giants, the Giants have made a decision to switch their roster from 90 men to 80 men. Um, they actually are allowed to have 81 because they have one player on an international pipeline pathway to the roster, which apparently hits some exemption that I'm not really totally aware of and I don't think really matters all that much. But 
Um, so this allows them to practice together as a team uh, much sooner. Um, I believe it was August, what was it? It was like August 12th, August 16th or something was the deadline to go down to 80 players and play practice as one team. They are now able to do that by as soon as Wednesday, I think. Um, so, you know, that that would that's a shift in... in uh, philosophy. Philosophy. So, uh, you know, I'm interested to see... It, to, to, I, I wonder if that's because they... They kind of have a general idea of what they want, and they, you know, without the preseason, they want to be able to run things more scrimmagey, have more guys together, spend more time together, keep groups together, or something like that. I think that I think there's two things. One, I think there's a sense of urgency around the league to get as much done as you can now. You know, get these team, get your teams ready to play as fast as you can. You know, in case we have to shut down, we don't have to start from scratch, scratch anymore, maybe just from scratch. Uh, and also, I think they made the decision that it's more important to prepare your team for the season to evaluate, you know, 81 through 90. And, you know, in a perfect scenario, you have plenty of preseason games and extended you know, time in, in the offseason and stuff to do that. But we don't have that now and something has to give. And I think I think the right decision is get the guys most likely to make this team playing together and getting them ready than worrying about, you know, is Joe Schmo, who's, you know, might be the backup gunner, going to make the team or not. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because guess what? I think a lot of other teams are doing the exact same thing. And that yeah. guy, that guy is available from 32 other, 31 other teams that are cutting him. So, yeah, and, and, and available most years. I mean, hmm? There's a UDFA that UD, UDFA, yeah, that sounded weird coming out of my mouth. There, there's, <laughs> there's an undrafted free agent most years that that is your backup gunner and performs at a comparative level. You know, right? To to, to evaluate him this year in a year where you're not really competitive for starters, you know, seems a little silly. Yeah, um, get 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 Daniel Jones playing with his offensive line. Because remember, we just lost. He just lost one of his tackles too, you know, and get him playing with the ones as many reps as you can. Because again, we don't know. We don't know when there's a pause, when they're going to, you know, they might move the season back a month. They might do, there's so many different things that can happen. Let's get these guys together as much as they can while we have them. Right. And, you know, I don't know if, if Joe Schmo is going to make the the roster, but Marcus Golden, um, Looks like he is going to sign his tender, as expected. You know, the deadline passed for him to strike a deal with any other team, so he has to sign if he wants to play this year. He's already reported, um, so the likelihood of an opt-out has dropped significantly. Well, I mean, he wouldn't do that for, you know, he knows what his market is. And he the market is lower than he thought the market would be. Him opting out is not going to raise the market on a guy that nobody wanted in the first place at his amount and he's going to think it's probably going to go up. So there's nowhere for him to go, but to play, get his money this year. And, uh, he just has one more, he's supposed to tomorrow, Tuesday morning. So as you're listening to this today, uh, show up for the last round of his physical or something like that, and then sign. Uh, but due to the hurricane, uh, <laughs> that might get pushed to Wednesday, or or maybe it won't. You know, may, maybe maybe they can still operate what they need to operate, regardless. You know, we'll, we'll see what the weather is actually like tomorrow. This fucking it's year, happening. it's unbelievable. It's really amazing. <laughs> um, 
So that's good news. And then the last piece of the puzzle, um, it's been buzzing around, so it's worth mentioning a little bit. Leonard Williams is not part of the 81-man roster because he is on the non-football injury list. Um, he has reported to the physical with hamstring soreness. Well, so, you know, Dave Gettleman should have known a year and a yeah. half ago when he made this, when he made the trade that in the next off season, right before training camp, that he would have a bad hamstring. So bad job by Dave Gettleman. He should be fired. Yeah. Um, fun fact, Leonard Williams in his professional career has not missed a single game due to injury. I suspect that if there was a preseason game coming up, when was it was supposed to be the first one? The end of August? Uh, in, in the pre-COVID world? Yes. No, it'd be probably like August 10th. You have to have four of them. And, yeah. they, and they usually play. I, I suspect that he would have playing time. I think this he just showed up and said that he was a little bit tight. And they were like, all right. And this gives them a chance to stash one. You know what I mean? It's, he it's, he, it's he has a roster spot. He has a starting spot. You know, he doesn't, doesn't need to learn how to play, you know, defensive end. So it, it's fine. It's it's some tightness, it's some soreness, it's not an injury. Hey, we all have um, that. So yeah. <laughs> a lot of us have been sitting around doing a whole lot of nothing. So, you know Yeah. You know, I, I don't think I could run too fast right about now. But no, I, I'm sure I'm sure everything is fine. I'm not worried about it until I'm worried about it, right? If it starts yeah. coming to, you know, practice and he's still not practicing, you know, leading up to game one. He's missing scrim- he's missing thing. scrimmages or he's still yeah. not he's still not dressing out or he's still like on the side doing very basic riding stuff. a bike or whatever. Yeah, yeah, then we got problems. But but for now, it's nothing. Uh cool your jets. And you know, who knows how long the season's going to last. So my my suggestion to you guys is to stop complaining so much. And to enjoy the highlight videos that come out and just be happy that we have even gotten this far um, and to take everything one day at a time. We don't know if this season is going to be around tomorrow. So just enjoy what we have um, because your alternative is Madden and that game sucks. What, so. I, what I would say if I were you is scour the internet, look for you know the good podcasts, look for the good Twitter follows. No, people that – don't get into this endless thing about will it be a season, yes or no, and into these idiotic arguments about things. I would spend this time now just you know, you know who to follow, you know all the all the the good beat writers and all the people that you know have informed opinions of things and, and learn about this team a little bit. Don't get into debates about things that are out of our control and we don't know anything because we've seen the way this thing flares up that twenty four hours not completely different than it was before. So. Try to keep try to keep a level head about it, and don't make yourselves crazy with, you know, thinking about scenarios that the, the, uh, the chances of it happening are very slim. Too. Um, might I suggest as a Twitter follow um, at football underscore grump, um, real smart guy. Um, <laughs> he, he follows a lot of the really important people out there, and he'll retweet them. He he interacts with everyone. Uh, who, who interacts with him? So you know, give him a follow. He's he's pretty witty and and good looking as well. The best tweet that guy ever had was when he said, "Follow this guy, the cranky fan on Twitter," <laughs> where he said, "Jesus, his insights and his level headedness and ability to keep cool when his fucking team loses five in a row is unmatched in the uh, the internet sphere." So. Uh, Go check that guy out at the Cranky Fan. And, and there's tons of really, really great podcasts out there. Um, but you already know that this one is 
the best one for the best football team. Uh, it's, so it's the best one you've listened to in the last hour. Let's put it that yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah, and and it, they're on Twitter as well at Just Giants Pod, but also on all sorts of streaming uh, platforms. You know, like Spotify, Google Play, you know, iTunes. Um, where you can you can subscribe for free, and, and these episodes are just in your queue when they're released, which is pretty fucking sweet. I you know, this uh, lockdown has made us starting to speak in the second person now, and it's very scary. So, yeah. <laughs> well, so then we'll, we'll we'll put a fork in this one. Uh, this episode is kaput, and, um, <laughs> and and hopefully this season won't be kaput as well. So yeah, yeah, but if if any, you know. I guess this doesn't go without saying, so I'm going to say it. Uh, you know, should anything breaking happen with outbreaks among the Giants or or a real threat to the season ending, you know, you can expect an emergency podcast episode to be released Im- immediately um, yeah. within yeah. the moment. Yeah. Um, so, so another reason to, to in, in all honesty, another reason to sub so that those arrive in your queue the moment they're uploaded. Which is sub. Cool. Sub, rate, and review. Tell other Giant fans about us, too, so we can get more of you guys listening to us so we can have more conversation with you, the fans. And uh, last thing to go before we leave, we're coming up with some ideas for if there is a first game of the year that might be pretty fun. Uh, if, you like, uh, if you like us, if you like other Giant follows as well. Um, so a little tease, but we're working on some things. Yeah, we're, we're going to work out some ways to, uh, to make – and a no audience uh, football season as fun as possible. So you know we're not just sitting here. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> bloviating. And, and no, that doesn't mean that Grump is building a Jameson room in his bedroom. That's uh, well, maybe that's he is. I don't, I don't. I don't know. That's true. Yeah, what am I talking about? <laughs> All right, everyone. We will see you next week, if not sooner. Go, Go Giants. Giants.